Welcome to the Customer Service Gold Dust Podcast. This is the UK's only podcast where customer experience professionals share their journey, insights, challenges, and current focus in an ever-changing customer service landscape. My name is Gavin Scott, and I invite you to join us as we delve into another great conversation. Whether you want to increase customer satisfaction or decrease customer complaints, there's sure to be plenty of gold dust that will help you to stand out. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Customer Service Gold Dust podcast. And today I'm joined by someone who I've got huge respect for. When I first met our next guest during my time working with O2, and under her leadership, we managed to move from fourth to first in the marketplace when it comes to customer satisfaction. And we were up against some brilliant companies at the time, including the likes of Vodafone, Orange, and One to One. I remember a story when, in order to demonstrate the open door policy that the leadership team had at O2, she even went as far as removing her door from the office in the contact center in Leeds. And so without further ado, let's give a warm welcome to uh, Francesca Ray. Hi there, Gavin. Great to be here. Fran, great to have you. So just to bring our listeners up to speed, just tell us a little bit about the role you're doing right now. Okay, thank you. Um, I've moved from telecoms back into financial services again. I work for a company called New Day that does credit cards in the UK. And I am the director of contact center and service delivery. And that includes customer services, our acquisition referrals, complaints, all of the channels such as web, mobile, app, chat, voicemail. But I also lead on insight and satisfaction measurement. Okay, so there's certainly plenty of areas that you're looking after there with web and mobile insights, customer service and complaints. I mean, how do you manage to to, to look after all those different diverse teams, Fran? I have a fantastic team that work for me and we, we make sure we have all the right people leading the various areas and we have a lot of good communication and just basically making sure we have regular check-ins, making sure I'm guiding them, directing them and clearing obstacles along their way. Great stuff. So absolutely making sure we clear the path, having that regular comms and keeping people in the loop. And I think in the current landscape, Fran, that's got to be even more important right now. Yes, definitely. It's been a a really interesting year. I mean, COVID's a terrible thing and, you know, there's been some horrors, but there were two positives for me that came out of it. Uh, One is driving home working. You know, I would have had to take a long time to do that. And I got 100% working from home literally before Easter last year. And the second one is driving digital adoption. When you look at the the, the various options and the self-serve options that customers can have now, there's, there's lots of opportunities to really drive that forward. Yeah. There really is. I think it's really important that you give customers a channel of choice. You know, voice is very important, but maybe some of the more basic transactions, you can do that based on, you know, allowing them to self-serve by giving them really great experiences online or in your IVR. Absolutely. Now, Fran, you've worked with some big companies, you know, the likes of GE, AXA, O2, Cable and Wireless, BT, and now with New Day. And when I look at your LinkedIn profile, there's many customer service awards that you've won both in the UK and abroad. I'm just keen to find out what is it that drives you? What gets you out of bed in the morning? 
Yeah, I'm, I'm really passionate and very customer focused. I always have been. I mean, there's a lot of energy to me and I, I sort of, you know, it's really important to me in whatever I do. And I think it's about really one of my key passions is getting insight, understanding how it feels to be a customer of every of any company I've worked for and then fixing any issues that we understand is happening, any confusion, any processes that are broken. And that's where we've really won a lot of awards has been around our whole program that sits behind gathering insight and turning that into actionable outcomes for our customers. Yeah. And if you think about today, when it comes to gathering that data and gathering that insight, that's got to help you to make more data-driven decisions when it comes to some of the solutions that you provide your customers with, right? Yeah, definitely. Data is so important at the moment. We, we've got a lot of um, data scientists and we're creating a big data lake and we're doing a lot of work around that, mainly around our technology for intent detection. But let me just tell you, it is so important that people don't think you've got to have a massive program with data scientists to do great insight gathering mm. because we have done it using our people in the operation, their BAU roles, and we gather things from complaints the voice of customer through our surveys, the voice of people through our bug boards. So people talking to the customers every day can give you insight. Looking at our trust pilot reviews and all of those things coming together and just knowing where the volume's coming and really focusing on that. I mean, I'm loving that. There's a few things that you've mentioned there that certainly uh, uh, caught my attention. The data lake and the bug boards. Tell me some more about them, Fran. Yeah, so the data lake is obviously a massive piece of work we're doing by in-housing and creating our own source of data. So we really have an end-to-end view of our customer, a single customer view. That's really important. Obviously, for that, there's a big team working on that outside of my area with big brains, big data scientists doing some great stuff. We're working with them on intent detection and stuff like that. The bug boards, that is so important. It's a simple, simple way of doing things. But basically, every person that speaks to a customer or interacts with a customer, they know the pain that that customer is feeling. And they can just let us know through the bug board where something is going wrong. And by using that, we can act on it. And that's really important. I can imagine that's a, a very powerful tool and very empowering. Yeah, it's what's bugging you, you see. So that's why it's called the bug board. <laughs> And this is the thing, isn't it? Because you know, I came across a visual recently on LinkedIn and it talked about the iceberg of ignorance. And it said something about um, when it comes to the exec board or the SLT yeah. in an organization, they only know something like 4% of the issues or problems that, that, that customers are being faced with. And the frontline people, they know 100% all of the issues. And so I guess those bug boards absolutely help to make sure that that, that information gets passed through, right? Yeah. And I think, Gavin, you'll probably remember O2, we created the real directors, didn't we? And that was where the people who did the frontline jobs actually were recruited to be in every committee meeting and every meeting uh, with the executives to ensure that there was a focus on the customer and could really tell them how it felt to be a customer. And likewise, in my company, you know, I make sure that we've got budget to fix things that matter to customers. And I also, there's, there's a level of sort of meetings I go into where I feed back that pain, that 
insight so they really understand and it brings it to life for them. I certainly remember that the Real Directors initiative that we approached, that we, we, we shared at O2 and, and the meet and greets, we did them as well at 5.30 where everyone gets together as a quick drink and says hello to each other. Oh, yes, I, mean, I know. <laughs> I, I remember when I started those, I think people thought it was a management column, why are you trying to get us together? And I ended up encouraging them to come for a drink. And then they became the biggest parties every month, didn't they? You couldn't, like, I had to get people to leave them to get back to their desk. This is it. It's like, we're off to the meeting greets. Come on, let's go. It was great oh. fun. Really enjoyed those. And it just really helped to make those connections with other people. And uh, just that whole team approach definitely helps, doesn't it? Yeah, that was what it was all about. And it was superb. And just, you know, I'm curious, what is it that got you into customer service? You know, thinking back uh, to, to when you first started, you, you, you know, what attracted you to getting involved in, in, in a customer service sort of type role, Fran? Yeah, when I was working at GE, I was in marketing and client management working down in London. And we had a real problem in our centre in Leeds. They'd gone, they had a leader who was trying to cost cut and he'd taken it too thin and lean. Um, yeah. And we were trying to talk to our clients, but every time we talked to them, the service, basically they said, look, sort your service out before you want to talk to us about anything else. So our CEO asked someone to go to Leeds to bring some customer focus. And that's when I came up in 1998 to Leeds and I've never looked back and I love it. Wow. <laughs> and so were you always a Leeds fan then? I mean, I know. No, I, I, that's when, I, when, I, when I came to Leeds, uh, Leeds were in the Champions League playing those games and I got really into it then because I'd been a much more of a rugby person probably down south. So yeah. I got into Leeds United. I'm a mad, passionate season ticket and fan now. I've been with them all the way down to League One and back up again. <laughs> so. There you go. I always remember you, you talking about Leeds. And so um, yeah. they're, they're doing well right now, which is, which is great to see. <laughs> this is it. This is it. Fair play. And so, listen, let's, let's have a look at the question that many people pose. You know, what is customer service? It's the act of response in terms of customer service. And it's really sort of doing things, I think, in, in terms of an effortless way, consistent way, being reliable. You know, customers call you. And, you know, there, there is a bit of an ethos around customer service and it's that, you know, you shouldn't have too many people in customer service because actually they're calling you for customer service generally when things haven't worked as they should do. So confused or process broken, et cetera, unless you're driving them in for value add services. So what you want to really do on customer service is to sort of really understand that and prevent unnecessary contacts by really fixing issues, by improving confusion. So it's being there. And when they do call you, it's doing what you promised in a reliable, consistent way. Yeah. So that whole piece around ease and effortless, you know, is, is massively important. And now, I mean, I don't know if you know, I'm, I, I'm a vice president on the Institute of Customer Service as well. And, you know, it's not just that sort of effortless piece. It's also now very much looking at emotion, ethics, environment and customer ethos. These things really come into service and the perception people get of your company as well. Yeah, I did see that, that you were the vice president of the Institute of Customer Service. And how did that come about then? It's a sort of honorary role. So it's I do it now. I'm part of that team. And, and basically, Joe Corson, who's the CEO, she invited people in from different industries. And we meet yeah. regularly. And she talks about what's happening. And we, we share with her what's happening in our industry. And it really helps her and guides her when she's lobbying and talking to the government. And she sort of runs her strategy past us. And we can comment on it and give her feedback as well and how it impacts our 
industry. So it's been a really great role, honorary role, that I do. I meet with likes of people from John Lewis, M&S. You know, it's been fantastic. No, I can imagine that's a, you know, a great role to be involved in and helps to create some, some great connections with other leading organisations, right? That's right, exactly. Now, Fran, they say that, you know, customer service is not a department, it's not a function, it's not a team. Customer service is a mindset. What are your thoughts on that? You definitely see that when you think of who you're recruiting for in those roles as well. I think it's it's definitely about certain skills. You need to be able to listen. You need to be caring about it, empathize with people. But there's also things that you have to do. You have to do what you promised. You have to do it right first time wherever possible. And you have to sort of get that issue resolved. So there's a real element of ownership and accountability in there as well. But it is an absolute moment of truth for your company. And a moment of truth is something where any interaction with a customer is a perception of your business. So how you deal with them, particularly in the most awkward situations, really has an impact on them and particularly on their loyalty. Yeah, and I talk a lot about that, about, you know, every conversation, every interaction, you're providing an impression of the brand. You are. And so in terms of how you show up, you've absolutely got to be the best that you can be. And like you say, do those things like right first time, you know, make sure that moment of truth is the best that it can be so that, you know, customers, you know, they they have a, a good feeling about you. And I think that's massively important, isn't it? I think definitely, totally. And it's really important to me. You know, we always focus very heavily on their knowledge. On um, So one of the, th- I'll give you a couple of things that I do. So I don't ever put AHT on, you know, average handling time on agents in customer service because the talk time is very important to get it right. So I'll yeah. focus on things like the hold, which is their knowledge. And I focus on the wrap, which is their efficiency. And then the talk time takes care of itself. And I think it's really important that, you know, you, you do put the right KPIs. Um, one of my great beliefs is in any area, you need to think of what is our raison d'etre? What is our reason for being? What is our purpose? And you put your KPIs in to ensure that you deliver on that purpose. So really think about what are the right KPIs, not what are the most productive KPIs. And then you really deliver a great service in the industry you're within. I mean, that's a refreshing approach that you're taking there because, you know, many contact centers absolutely focus heavily on average handling time. I know. The impact that can have on the people on the front line. It's so demotivating. It's so demotivating. I think, I think you know, if you're doing something like just data input and it's data input and accuracy, then AHT is fine. But if you're doing a service query and most of our queries now are getting more and more complex and they've got multiple queries in there, the agents yeah. need to know they're being backed up. So what's important is you give them the knowledge to do their job well. You enable them with tools to do their job well. But effectively, you you get their knowledge up so they don't have to keep going on hold and you give them the tools to help them. You you let them, you do push them a bit on their wrap time because they need to be a bit more effective, but again, enabling them with the interface they have to use. But then the talk time by letting, and I've done this in four companies now, by letting the talk time take care of itself. Okay, yes, you look at the outliers and you'll give coaching where someone's excessively talking, but you don't focus on everyone and you don't keep shouting AHT because you can manage that at a manager level. You don't need to go down to the agents and then they can do a great job. And what you should be focusing on is their QA, their compliance and their sort of satisfaction scores. And those are the things that really bring out great service for me. 
it certainly has worked in our world anyway. Yeah, most definitely. And if you think about that, looking at uh, you know team leaders who are in charge of, let's say, between 12 to 15 people, how important for you is, is their, their, their coaching skills that they have? It's really important. We do a lot around leadership and trying to get them to do modules where they really do coaching. We work with a company um, as well as internally. And it's a lot of it is thinking about, you know, think about the customer, think about the people, give the time to do the coaching and ensure that we do our communications right in a way that everyone is up to date on what's happening. I worked at one company and one of the things that was very apparent was They were doing loads of change and they thought they were great because they were changing things very effectively in the actual center of change. But they were not thinking about how much change they were making happen to those agents on a daily basis. So it was like, do it this way. Now can you do it that way? Now can you do it another way? Now can you do it a further way? And this change was constantly happening while they were going through, they were sort of managing a bit of a crisis. And these poor people, it was just awful to think how much they were having to be changed all the time and there was no stability and there was no getting it right so you know really think about things like that if you're making change happen you might be organizing it well at the front end but think of how much change is hitting the people on the front line and that is really important because it's so confusing words like change fatigue that i've heard yeah. you know floating about and if you think about what's happening right now there's going to be uh, you know massive levels of uncertainty there's going to be even more periods of change and so these leaders have got to be able to make sure that they just keep tabs on that right yeah i think you're absolutely right training your people to manage people through change and through these tough times is really important i, I have to use my old g sort of saying from Jack Welsh, which is the only constant is change in life. So it's about how do you help people to embrace it where they can, or at least get through the change curve quickly so that they're accepting of it. And the way you do that is through good communication and good rationale. As we come out of the pandemic next week, and and part of me, I like some of the stuff from the lockdown and I I don't want to lose that. Uh, There's a bit of resistance from me, a bit of anger about the fact that we're going to be doing things differently as from next week. And so, you know, we're constantly trying to work through how to deal with change from a personal perspective and also, you know, from a work perspective as well. So massively key. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm slightly different. I'm a bit euphoric that we've actually got some dates and I can start planning. <laughs> so yeah. I'm really excited. We need some dates to plan to. <laughs> you do. And, 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 and Fran, you, you mentioned before about, you know, making sure that you're very clear on the purpose and, and clear on the vision. And so for you, how do you join the dots then for the people on the front line when it comes to, you know, making sure they realise their contribution matters? Yeah, and I think that's really important. I think New Day does that very well. We we really communicate openly. We use things called, first of all, I'll go from the sort of top level, et cetera. We do town halls. So that's where the executive committee and the leaders like myself will come along and we'll tell the people how we're doing against our performance. So we have a scorecard that's very open and transparent and we tell them how we're doing them. We tell them new initiatives and things that are happening. And we do that probably every month or so. And we used to do that physically where we'd go to every centre and everyone would have a session to come in. Now, of course, we do it through Teams meetings and we get and then more people can get involved in it. That, then it's about how do you take that forward? And in my world, I make sure I do three or four roadshows every year and I get in front of all the associates to tell them I do what I call a helicopter view. Where have we been? How have we done? reflect on that and then where are we going so they really understand. And then it's about making sure your objectives, back to my point about your raison d'etre. 
do their objectives and make a sense to their purpose? What are, what are they there to do? And a good example I'll give you of that is um, I used to run a center where they had to triage stuff and it was to do with failing connectivity. And the most important thing was understand what the issue is, deal with what you can, but very quickly, if you can't, get it through to the level that can, because these people are waiting to have all their connectivity put on again, basically. Don't delay. So it's about accuracy, knowledge, do what you have to do and get it through to the right place very quickly. And I went into that center. And as you can imagine, when I first went in, what was their KPI AHT? I thought, I'm sorry, what's that got to do with this? So, you know, it's really important to look at things like that. And then people understand what their role is in the business. Yeah, and there's some great gold dust there in terms of that. that, that give them the helicopter view, where we've where we been, what have we done, and where are we going? And then make sure that you align the objectives so that they're in sync with the final end goal, whether you call that your, whatever that will be, the North Star or something else. And so what are the plans then, you know, if you think about coming out of lockdown then, Fran, and you've got your dates in the diary, you know, what are your immediate plans and areas of focus on over the next uh, few weeks and months? I'm really excited at New Day. As I say before, we were very cautious and worried because we're financial services. We're very cautious about working from home because of all the financial data, et cetera. And, and at least with getting laptops for everyone, which is something that New Day absolutely did straight away so they could work from home and work safely. One of the things coming forward that we've agreed to do, and we did it on the back of a survey with everyone, is new work. And new work means you'll be able to work 50% of your time at home and 50% in the office. So obviously, there's a lot of planning around that. Uh, the offices are open now, and they've been open all the way through for people who needed to come into the office and there are many that do. And so they are just continuing as they are and we will work on a low occupancy, but it's BAU. I mean, we have, I'm actually surprised, Gavin, that throughout this time, we're a a very fast paced company, but we have gone even faster. These teams meetings, I, I think we all get off them exhausted because you have more meetings and they're so focused. You get so much done. So it's really BAU and it's just how do we sort of integrate back into the office so we can breathe that life because New Day has a lot of fun as well. And I think it's that that sort of that's the piece that people are missing now. They want to sort of get in. You know, we've been doing some virtual escape do's, but actually it'd be great to get us all back together again. I can't wait. No, absolutely. And that whole piece around fun and play, it's definitely important, isn't it, when it comes to keeping people engaged and connected and uh, and it's just nice to do every now and again, isn't it? It is. It is. And, you know, we have a summer event. So we sort of launched uh, when we took over Santander UK, we, we launched New Day um, sort of August um, 14 it was. And every year now we have a summer event to sort of mark that sort of annual time and to really just enjoy ourselves. And last year, for example, well, not last year, but the year before, uh, we had a fab festival. So we had music outside. Everyone, there were different styles of food. There was lots of different dancing from Bollywood to, you know, you know, any type of dancing and people were doing it. It was going on all day and people were able to go out and have their face painted and see it. And it was just great fun, great fun. And so things like that, you can only do when you're all together, really. So I'm guessing that one of the dates that you're going to be keen to get into the diary then is the is the, is the summer event this year. Do you think that's got on the cards? Well, it, it better be because I think we need a very big party. Um, but I think I'm going to plan it over two or three days. So we've got fewer people at each event, but everyone gets a go at it. So it'll be great fun. So yes, definitely. 
No, great. Well, listen, I'm sure that'll be a great event. I remember some of the events that we had at O2, and they were always uh, they were always ones that, that definitely enjoy and go to, and, and look forward to the next one as well. So, so finally, then, Fran, um, in terms of the gold dust, what would be your top tips for listeners when it comes to creating exceptional customer experiences in the current climate? Yeah, I think it's really important at the moment that you answer the phones. I think there's a lot of companies still on the excuse of COVID and not answering their phones, and they should have sorted that out by now. So we answer the phones all the way through. That's really important. Support customers with help videos and create as little confusion through your comms and your error in your processes. You know, don't create that confusion and try and support them with things to help them because there is going to be more self-service and, you know, they need to sort of have support. We've put in line a new layer, which is digital coordinators. As we're going more and more digital, we know people are always going to need help with digital. So we've got these team in, I've got a new team in to be able to help them with fear on around cybersecurity, apps, devices, connectivity. So that's really important. And really most, most important is no what is happening and when it's happening by using insight. Make sure you measure your customer experience and your journeys by using insight and do something about it. That's what I would say. And there's definitely some great gold dust there. And I think you're right when it comes to answering the phones. That's key. No excuses. You know, the help videos, absolutely, when it comes to some of the self-serve options, Use the data, use the insights, you know, and that uh, that whole piece around making sure that no people know what's happening when, and uh, really focus on those 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 key measures in place. So, Fran, listen, great to have a conversation with you, and thank you for agreeing to come on to the podcast. It's great to uh, reconnect with you. And have Leeds got a game this weekend? Then are you watching that? Or? <laughs> they have definitely. We're playing, so I'll be I'll be watching it. And it's been an absolute pleasure, Gavin. So I really appreciate uh, having the chat to you, and it's great to catch up with you again. Yes, keep smiling. I will, and you too. Now, wasn't that a great interview? And I was that involved in the interview that I forgot to ask Fran to share her contact details. And so the website for New Day is www.newday.co.uk. And Fran is also happy for people to connect with her on LinkedIn. And so if you just type in Francesca Ray, spelt F R A N C E S C A and Ray is spelt R E A. She'll be more than happy to get connected. Take care. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Customer Service Gold Dust podcast. I'm sure that there were plenty of ideas you can take away and apply to your business today. Three things to do now subscribe to the podcast so that you can benefit from every episode. I'd also love to see a little review as well. This helps to spread the word and the gold dust, of course. Head over to Amazon to get a copy of my latest book, Finding Gold Dust, How to Create Exceptional Customer Experiences. The book is endorsed by a former executive vice president of Walt Disney Resorts. And finally, visit my website at www.gavinscott.me and sign up for some more free content. Until next time, stay memorable.